0: The simplest commercial baking resource, brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson, with a PhD in Grain Sciences, sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. With Bakerpedia, Bakerpedia, it's baked in science, baked in science. You're listening to the Baked in Science podcast.
1: Welcome to Baked in Signs. I'm your host, Dr. Lin, CEO of Bakerpedia, the world's largest online depository of technical baking information. Today, I will be interviewing Jorge Zarate from BBU, Corin Brown from Bima, and Kent Van Emberg from the American Society of Baking. We will be discussing the events that affect the commercial baking industry and how you can be involved. This podcast is sponsored by International Baking Industry Exposition, or IBIE. IBIE delivers a world of benefits for the baking industry in one streamlined event. Every three years, you have a powerful opportunity to discover the latest trends and innovations, connect with colleagues, and exchange ideas with top baking and business professionals. This year, IBIE is on September 7th to the 11th. Come join me in Las Vegas to capitalize on the big opportunities only found at IBIE. Go to ibie2019.com today. I am here today with Kerwin Brown and Jorge Zarate. Is that correct? Yes, I got it. I nailed it. Great. Kerwin, tell our listeners what you do.
2: I'm the president and CEO of BIMA, the Bakery Equipment Manufacturers and Allies Association. Great,
1: Jorge.
3: Yes. Well, um, I'm the global operations senior vice president for Grupo Bimbo, mm-hmm. and with the IBIE, I've been several years uh, collaborating, basically in collaborating in the international task force.
1: Okay. So basically between the two of you, you know what's going on at IBIE here coming up in the fall.
3: Sure. We both sit on the
2: committee. So we're involved. We have monthly task calls as well as task force. So Jorge's on our international task force and I sit on that one and a few other ones. So those are just areas that we are focusing on at IBIE to grow in those areas. So
1: So I've been in an industry for almost 20 years. I know what IBIE is. Right. How about for the people who have not heard of IBIE? What is your fundamental mission in IBIE?
2: I really think we're a show that's been about a hundred years old, but we are really I think the global marketplace for people to come together. Our vision for the show is to be the place where the baking industry wants to be every three years. We're on a good cycle. So we don't compete with like an EBA show. We actually work with them, mm-hmm. but it's the largest show in North America focused on baking. And we have over a hundred countries that participate a thousand exhibitors. Sweet. I was so, going to ask, yeah. what, what
1: is the expected attendees? We're somewhere. Yeah.
2: We're in the 20 000 to 25,000 range. That's so amazing. yeah, it's a global marketplace and we really, over the last several cycles have had a real passion about bringing the industry together. If you look back you know, 15 years ago, fairly fragmented, and now we're bringing different segments in from retail to artisan, biscuit and cracker, tortilla, we're bringing all those, and of course the wholesale side, we're bringing all those together in one place.
3: I would say, if I may... uh, I was just
1: going to ask you, what what is a baker's perspective of IVAE? Well,
3: I would say that it's a terrific place that all the industries gather, not just the baking industry. I think the show has turned into a grain-based foods industry. So everything you need to develop your business better, to improve your business or your processes... And uh, to learn more about the industry is being gathered in this uh, just show. So in a half a week, I mean, you can you can bring everything you need for your business back home.
1: So do you bring teams of people to the show?
3: Yeah, basically, I think all the bakers do this. We bring different specialties with us. So we can learn more on this, not just because of the education program, but also what we see and we share with other colleagues, other bakers, but as well other equipment producers. We would bring a big delegation normally, specifically for us because we are close to Mexico, so it's easier to bring more people. And this is the way we develop our talents.
1: So it's safe to say that if you had a budget for this year, you would only send your team to IBIE.
3: Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> we, do, we do that, we do that every year, and we budget to bring the most people we can. Right. From the United States, from from and even from other countries as wow. well. Wow,
1: that's amazing. Kerwin, what will Bakers be most excited about at this year's IBIE? Will there be any new show features?
2: Yeah, we have a lot of new show features. Overall, the main reason attendees come to shows, it's about seeing innovation, seeing things that are new. Yeah. So this year, We've created two new marketplaces, Artisan Marketplaces. They're really going to be destination places on our show floor that people can come and interact with Artisan Bread, talk to experts. And those are two features that we're really, really excited about, but we've got a lot of new features. We've also got the RBA Baker Center, sponsored by Bundy, and we've really put a ton of money and energy into this demo area because people want to see things happening. They want to see the What
1: life. are you demoing?
2: So, I mean, we'll have a wide array. We've got certified master bakers. We've got celebrity chefs. We've got everything from bread to cake to all kinds of demos that people can experience over the life of the show.
1: How exciting. So I can actually stand on that show floor all day <laughs> just yeah. watching people demo their stuff.
2: Oh, very much so. So
1: do you have a partnership between the suppliers on providing, you know, materials, ingredients, equipment?
3: Yeah, we are, are, uh, as as, uh, Kirk Kirk, uh, mentioned, Bondi is sponsoring this feature. But yeah, we are bringing the rest of the ingredients suppliers to help us out on this. It's going to be lots of fun, not just learning, but also because you can interact with the people that is demoing. So uh, you can ask, you can interact and ask, uh, go deeper on what they are doing there. Right.
2: Very neat. And we've got part of that and part of the education part is you know we partner with several of the associations. So we've got ABA, AIB, RBA, ASB, Grain Foods, BB, the Bread Bakers Guild of America and wow. the RPIA. So we really are bringing the whole industry together mm-hmm. to help on these programs. So that's
1: excellent. And if anybody else wants to be involved, how can they be involved? Do they connect with you directly or? Sure, yeah, that's, yeah,
2: yeah, we plan way ahead, but there's always, we we try to leave some space for things. A Couple other features, we've got the best in baking program. It's a competition and we're adding a few elements this year. It's been on sustainability, but we're adding innovation, workforce development, and sanitation to be that part of that excellent.
3: part of that competition. That
1: is really key touch points in many, many bakeries. Mm-hmm. What trends do you think we will see on the show floor?
3: So I was mentioning all the bakers and as well other related fellows of the industry are looking at how to improve their processes and their quality of their products, So what they are searching is always, what is the best way to keep our facilities running efficiently? Mm -hmm. So we expect to see a lot of digital world, robotics, mechanizations, and new ways or new changes in the process to make better quality products and with more efficiency on those.
2: Certainly our attendees want to see what's new, what's out there, and our exhibitors will have certainly a focus on automation, food safety, sanitation you know, what latest trends in reducing sugar or fats and oils, you know, work on clean label. I know organic is always a big topic as well. So, and you know, many of our exhibitors use IBIE as a launching pad. If they've got something that's coming up around this area, they're going to hold it and they're going to launch it at our show because it's a great place Mm -hmm. to launch new products or some type of innovation. Very
1: cool. Now this year, IBIE launched a full day of education on September 7th. What is the impetus behind the extra day, and what are some of the highlights of the IBI Educate programming?
3: Well, we found by talking with our attendees, they were struggling sharing the time in between going to the floor Absolutely. and, and yeah. trying to get all the talks that we were having. Yeah. So we decided to go with one education day. This is very well accepted. So people is focused one day on catching up on all the technical aspects they want to do. And it's not just the technical. There's a lot of uh, items that we are touching in that day. And also they later on, they can focus directly on the floor and the suppliers on the processes they want to look for.
1: So unlike previous years where you intermix the classes and the show, now it's just a show, and then the class is all on one day before the show.
2: Well, we'll have the one dedicated day on Saturday. In the mornings on Sunday, Monday, on the rest of the show, there uh-huh. is still some education in the morning. Okay. But this first day is really about focusing on just education because, again, like Jorge said, there's that blend of being on the show floor and, and that type of deal. But we have become the world leader in education in our show. Some shows don't focus on it as much. Some exactly. do. Yeah. And IVIA has put a huge emphasis. We have over 100 seminars mm-hmm. that we'll feature over the show time. You know, it's everything from we've got nine different tracks on attracting and retaining talent, sanitation, safety, artisan, retail, wholesale. We have lots of great tracks and lots of great information that we'll make available over the show dates. Yes.
3: I would say that this program is the largest baking education program all over the baking shows.
1: That's amazing. Now, the last time IBIE sold out and looks like you're on track to selling out again, even after adding more space. What will IBIE do in the future to help accommodate this growth?
2: Well, it's a great issue or problem to have. We have grown a, quite a bit over the last several cycles. And so we've actually just in the last couple of weeks added some show space into one of the halls to accommodate some more booths. There's some areas that we can continue to grow there. And we have actually put a task force together to really look at this for the 22 show to accommodate more and more attendees. Some of that was caused by, you know, of course our attendees are finding it's the place to be, but our exhibitors are finding that it's where they can find buyers. And so they're coming back in record numbers. And this year we saw several of them expanding their space from the year before. So I was gonna
1: ask where are they coming from? So they are like, Individually expanding yes. Yeah, so they, we got, got some it.
2: expansion, which was wonderful. And again, the return on investment that our exhibitors are finding is positive. So they keep coming back, which is great.
1: That's great. The growth is happening on both sides of the aisle. I mean, attendance has almost doubled in the last 10 years. Why has IBIE been so successful over the last past decade?
3: Yeah, it's uh, several reasons. This committee has been focused on how to catch up on the growth. First of all, over these hundred years that we have been having this show, this exhibition, we recognized that there was so many shows in place for tortilla, for crackers, exactly. for uh, sweet goods and so on. So trying to gather all those industries, we brought to our exhibition as well, all those induced industries. So in, in one shot, a baker or a related grain uh, business, they can go to this exhibition and find whatever it is looking, even though it's different categories. So that was one part, one big part that has been helping us to increase the attendance. And as well, the international part. Uh, the international part is something that we are taking care of in recent years, and is bringing us new, new attendees on that.
1: That's what I was going to ask, you know. To me, IBIE seemed like an international show. I mean, you attract a lot of people around the world, you know, and it looks to me like it is still a big effort on your part. What will IBIE be able to offer international attendees?
2: That's a great point. Jorge actually is a big part of our international task force. We actually have a presence at five shows over the last few months from Singapore, Japan. We'll be at FIPON. We're in Mexico. And so a big effort into promoting our shows globally at all kinds of, you know, we had a nice presence at IBA in Germany. And so that's kind of getting the word out. But we want to make our show a place where they feel welcomed. So we have an international lounge. We have Wi-Fi. We have translators there. Do
1: you have a bed to sleep because people like, come and suffer from jet lag terribly? <laughs> right. Well, Just we kidding.
2: have. Uh, we <laughs> good idea. Good idea. A yeah.
1: rest area. Uh,
2: we have actually a tab on our website. We'll help you with the visas. Oh, um, that's
1: awesome! Right, yeah. because
2: we are guests at international shows, yeah. and so you see how they do that well or not or whatever. And we bring that experience back and say, we want our visitors to feel welcome to be the place to be. So we are really trying to put a lot of resources towards making them feel at home while the delegations, we work with quite a few delegations. Our marketing team has agreements with about 80 different publications worldwide. So that's getting the message out too. So again, we have a big focus in being a global player Mm -hmm. uh, where people want to be.
3: As happened last year. We're expecting over 100 uh, countries, different countries, right. more or less going to be, again, the 30% of our attendees is going to be international. That's great. So it is a big deal.
1: That's great. Now, I was at the last one, and by no means it's a small show. What are you doing Kerwin, to like not stress out about <laughs> things not coming together?
2: You know, we have an amazing team. We, yes, you
1: do. I was just gonna yeah. say that. We, Everyone on yeah, your team yeah, members is yeah. so responsive. Right. Right. You yeah. know, they keep getting back to us, and right. we are on top of
2: the game. We've got a great team, and behind the scenes, you know, most people don't know, but. Only about two to three months after the last show, we are already meeting as a team to start planning. So we were Amazing. we met in January yeah. of 2017 Amazing. to start thinking. We have monthly conference calls and there's a real passion. We have five bakers and five suppliers that, that make up our IBI committee and those individuals, it's all volunteer and they spend countless hours, energy and their expertise in making our show what it can be. So we have got a great passionate team. We love being At the show, I can't wait to be there. It's it's really the place to be.
1: And since our listeners can't see you, Mm -hmm. I have to say that Kerwin has this aura of calm around (laughs) him. And I've worked with Kerwin before, nothing really (laughs) (laughs) phases him. So good luck. All the best in pulling out this IBIE. I know our community definitely, we're looking forward to it.
2: All right. Thanks, Len. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Do you want to learn more about what goes into high fiber and clean label bread? Come to our growth hacking seminar on bread at the Middleby Bakery Innovation Center to learn more. Check out our courses at bakerpedia.com forward slash academy. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. And look for these two seminars. Up next, my interview with Kent Van Emberg, the executive director of the American Society of Baking. Welcome, Kent.
0: Hi, Lynn. How are you this morning?
1: I am good. That was a great, great baking tech conference. How do you feel?
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I knew going into it, I was really excited, especially about our keynotes. I think they were right on with what our theme was. You know, Our theme was baking a fresh future. And I think that this year, the keynotes hit it exactly and had some good new ideas and some fresh ideas for our audience. So very pleased. Uh, We're getting great feedback already from the people that attended. And our board did a post-evaluation on Wednesday afterwards, and they were extremely pleased and thought that we had a really good level of engagement this year.
1: That's awesome. What is the highlighted keynote that everybody was talking about?
0: Well, everybody was talking about Dr. Morgan Gay, who is the food futurologist from the UK. Uh Uh-huh. People thought that she was very thought-provoking, but then also kind of disturbing. There are some things that she was what? talking about.
1: Give me a couple of examples of how disturbing <laughs> she got.
0: Well, she was showing all these different food trends and things that she was talking about, like eating insects. She was saying that in 10 years, people won't be eating beef or pork anymore, that water we don't have the water to sustain it it's not in people's budgets anymore especially in developing countries and that they're gonna start looking at protein sources from things like the ocean more like kelp and seaweed and that but especially insects and then she's showing all these different types of foods and we were looking at them and thinking oh i'd never eat those (sighs) and then later we were talking to people and we said you know but Our kids probably would. (laughs) That's true. So, and her main theme was just kind of disruption, you know, that everything's in a state of disruption. Our economy. That that, that
1: scares people, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, it does. Well, we don't like change, but especially disruption. So you think, you look at our economy, you look at politics, you look at religion, culture. Absolutely. uh, Yeah, everything's being disrupted right now even climate change is part of that. And so her main point was you've got to embrace that disruption. Uh You can't keep the status quo Mm -hmm. that change is inevitable. And Mm -hmm. if you don't embrace that as a company or as a culture or personally that 10 years from now, you'll no longer be relevant. Wow.
1: That's amazing. And what did you get coming out from that particular speech? Any kind of new ideas for the association or, you know, for the baking industry?
0: Well, that's starting that whole discussion and our board is going to look at what we can do differently next year, how we can change making tech and the format of it so that we bring in some new fresh ideas that we can get that conversation going and more of that engagement after the speakers. Mm -hmm. the thing with this year is that people were still talking about the speakers and the presentations during marketplace, during the evening reception, when they went out to eat. So things that are going to maybe make people a little uncomfortable, but also make them thinking about what do we need to do as a company to make sure that 10, 15 years down the road, we've embraced this change and Mm -hmm. we're positioned correctly. That's great.
1: What else happened at the baking tag that brought a lot of attention with some of the Monday morning presentations?
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting, and we built upon it this year, is that we've got on one hand the baking ASB baking Hall of Fame, where we're honoring and recognizing the innovators, the leaders within the wholesale baking industry, and then we're following that up with the product development competition, where we're trying to attract new people to the industry, we're trying to get new ideas for new products, we're bringing in students. And so that mixture of the old and the new, I think, is unique for our conference, and I think it gives it a lot of energy.
1: That's never been done before, right? I mean, in previous years, it's always been the Hall of Fame, but this year, we had the Hall of Fame and the Baker's Oven. And who were the Hall of Famers this year?
0: Well, we had Arthur Trous Jr. and Sr., Troush Baking Company. They had been innovators. I know during one of their presentations, they were talking about that they didn't invent the bread slicer, but they were one of the first companies to actually use it.
1: Use it, right.
0: And start slicing and packaging and selling their bread that way. And then we had Don Loomis, who had been with Stewart Systems and then Middleby and provided leadership for the growth of both of those companies.
1: Amazing guy. Yeah.
0: Very amazing. And,
1: and who were the competitors for the Productive element competition?
0: Well, for the, this year, our theme was flatbreads and innovative flatbreads using a lot of ancient grains. And we had 15 universities across the country that mm-hmm. actually submitted ideas. And oh, amazing.
1: Then, uh, 15. That's 15, great. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then the committee selected four to compete in the baker's oven. And we had California Poly Tech Institute at Pomona, Purdue University, University of Massachusetts Amherst, Uh and University of Wisconsin at Madison. The winners this year were the group from Cal Poly yeah. And I am waiting to find it on the grocery shelves because I it's, thought it's it was
1: an amazing product. Yeah.
0: I thought it was an amazing product, a yeah, it great the, idea. And yeah, it's a
1: real cheese tomato basil flatbread. It's like a quesadilla but not a quesadilla. It's a thicker quesadilla. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think even the older people like myself in the audience immediately could connect with it because we all grew up having grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup for lunch right combine those two flavors in a new type of comfort food and i thought it was fantastic
1: and we thought we innovated enough in the baking industry already we haven't seen this product yet (laughs)
0: no no. well that's the thing that we keep seeing with these students they're throwing the traditional concepts away and they're coming up with not only new products but new processes
1: right? For, my poem. for
0: making yeah. these products. There was a group last year that was doing chocolate bites, and they were using a whole freeze-dried process that nobody in the industry was doing. So that continues to be, I think for me, one of the really exciting parts of baking time.
1: Me too. I mean, I was actually very impressed by the team that presented Lost Grains that was a gluten-free pita pocket, mm-hmm. right? Because gluten-free is so hard to do. This team actually created technology to be able to provide a big food category into the flatbread category that can contain, you know, pockets of food. So I was totally impressed by that. So I'm so glad this competition gotten, you know, baking tech somewhere in terms of invigorating new ideas. Now, I also saw a whole lot of innovation awards. You guys give innovation awards out every year?
0: Yeah, what we do is we've got a committee. And they put together categories in Uh which they ask for some of our marketplace exhibitors to submit their ideas for new products, Uh and then they judge those, and then they're highlighted during the marketplace with our innovation awards every year.
1: And how many did you give out this year?
0: I believe there were six. Six different categories. Mm
1: -hmm. I personally love to see those awards given out to people who deserve them. And, you know, new innovation is always something that I love and I'm passionate about. So I'll be following up with those awards. And talking about awards, who won the Robert A. Fisher Award?
0: Well, we also did something different this year. Usually the Robert A. Fisher isn't announced until late on Tuesday. Uh-huh. The meeting's almost over. And we thought it deserved more attention That's than true. that. That's and the true. recipient deserved more opportunity to uh, bask in the glow of their peers and receive congratulations and everything. So we actually made the announcement during our opening general reception Sunday night.
1: Yeah, which really caught me by surprise, by the way.
0: We want to surprise people every once in a while. And it surprised the recipient. Yeah, she wasn't expecting it at all, which is part of the award.
1: How did you do that? How did well, you just not let her know? How do you know that she's going to be there?
0: <laughs> That's always a challenge. So it's something that I select. I talk to the board. I talk to other people and uh-huh. try to figure out who is really deserving, who's made a big impact on ASB through volunteering. And so it's not like the Hall of Fame, which is recognizing people that have contributed a lot to the household baking industry. This is more who has contributed a lot to the American Society of Baking, to its culture, to volunteering, to governance, to its program overall. So this year, I thought very rewarding, it was Teresa Cogswell. Yes, Teresa. uh, She has always been involved in ASB. She is the the only person, very passionate. Mm -hmm. She's the first and so far the only female chairman amazing Uh, ASB and then she also served last year as the chair of the planning committee so she was the first person to hold both those roles nice and she serves on the hall of fame committee and she's served on planning committees and membership and is very instrumental in the women in baking
1: that's true yeah
0: it's provided leadership there as well And,
1: and mentorship and scholarships for women
0: and scholarships yeah yeah so
1: Amazing. So part of the surprise was you brought her entire family to Baking Tech?
0: Well, we didn't do that. Actually, Lee Sanders with ABA is uh-huh. a good friend of Teresa's. And I had been working with Lee because she was going to do the formal introduction. Uh of Teresa on Tuesday. And it just happened that she was going to Kansas City and was going to be seeing Teresa and her family. And so she talked to them about coming out. And they were supposed to fly out on Sunday. And the Kansas City airport ended up Southwest canceled all their flights. Oh, no. And so they jumped in a car and drove all the way to Chicago just to surprise her. she had no idea they were going to be there.
1: That's so um, awesome.
0: and So that added, that added it for her, that's the surprise.
1: True. Yeah. That's yeah, it's great. very nice. It serves it so much. Of all the people I know at Baking Tech, I think Teresa Cogswell is definitely one of the names that comes across as being one of the most helpful and passionate people about the industry. So great choice there, Kent. Great choice. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So what about next year? What are we in for next year?
0: Well, we've already started planning. We start doing things earlier and earlier. So next year, our chairman is John Malloy, Jr. with 151 Bakeries in Philadelphia. Nice. And then the program chair is Jay Hardy, who is with J&K Ingredients. Yeah, Jay. And their theme next year is going to be looking beyond the horizon. So still that kind of forward look. But I know they want to look more at technology, you know, how that's being adapted in processing and packaging and all of that. So that's going to be one of the focuses. But they've already selected their planning committee. Uh And one of the things they're doing interesting this year is it's all women. Okay. They're thinking maybe that would give it a different approach to things, maybe a different viewpoint, but they're I'm not sure gonna well. I'm
1: sure it will. I'm sure it will, <laughs> yeah,
0: sure it will too. <laughs> but uh, we've already had a something meeting of different event.
1: to the table.
0: <laughs> we've already had a meeting of the planning committee we met during Baking Tech and yeah. they want to focus on young professionals. They want to focus great. their whole program on totally
1: um, agree with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On what we can do for the people that are just coming into the industry and help them build their career and give them information and the tools that they need to be successful. So we've sent out the call for papers. And so we're looking for ideas that fit along those lines for presentations. That's great. Yeah. So we've started hard to know at this point, who our keynotes are going to be or who our speakers are going to be. But always
1: going to be exciting on, on when you start searching and looking, you know,
0: Yeah, we're always looking for somebody that has some connection with the industry, but also is bringing in new ideas that we can't get into.
1: I'm always a person for bringing someone who is like outside the industry with new ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, I mean, I know so many people in this industry already. I mean, I hear from them all the time. So, you know, when I come to such things, I would love to hear from someone who is totally out, you know, not connected to this industry and just bring in, you know, disruptive and new ideas. So besides being at Baking Tech as a yearly event, what other things do the American Society of Bakers offer in terms of a whole year membership benefit?
0: Yeah. Well, throughout the year, one of the things that we do is we have webinars. So we reach out. Young professionals have a webinar series that they do. And it's not just for young professionals in the industry. Everybody can gain some knowledge from those. And then we have other webinar series that are done by our members that focus on technological changes, you know, training, those types of things, new innovations or equipment are highlighted in those webinars. And then we're totally redoing our website. And that will be coming out in June. And we're trying to make it easier for people to find information. One of the things that we have that's unique is we have the copies of the proceedings of all the baking texts going all the way back to 1924. It's Mm -hmm. almost 90 years of presentations on different subjects And as you know, it's still water, salt, flour, yeast, you know, a lot of things haven't changed and how all those interact, although there's, we're getting more innovative, but a lot of the basics are the same. So there's those resources and then there's technical bulletins that were produced over the years. We have several hundred of those. So it's a great information source for people, Mm -hmm. along with being able to go to Bakerpedia. That's true.
1: (laughs) We just cracked a 1,000 pages.
0: Wow, congratulations.
1: We're the biggest resource on the internet.
0: Well, congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. Those types of things throughout the year, and then just the opportunity to network and to reach out and work with other members. Okay,
1: great. Well, thank you for stopping by, Kent. It's always wonderful to catch up with you after Baking Tech. I know it's been a really crazy week last week, but thank you for stopping by and talking to me.
0: Well, thanks for inviting me to talk to some of your viewers about Baking Tech and what we have in store for next year. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn.
1: Well, there you have it. That's what you missed if you weren't at Baking Tech this year. If you like what you heard, don't miss out on next year's Baking Tech in Chicago from March 1st to the 3rd one more thing we have recently launched our baking boot camps there's one on flour and ingredients one on flatbread and tortilla and one on trend spotting coming out soon go check it out on our academy page on bakerpedia.com can't come in person we have a live stream solution for that so go check it out and sign up today before we end please like Comment and subscribe to Baked In Science. Till the next episode, bakers, bake it great!